let's talk about books you made it up now stop believing it that's the book that we are going to talk about today this is book talk and i'm your host anthony murore at book talk we get to have authors come and tell us about their writing and also their book or books if they've written many and today we have one great guest with us who's known as kathy song and she's gonna be here to talk about her book exactly the one that i have introduced so let me not take one more minute let me welcome you to please share this with all your friends like follow subscribe and uh we appreciate every feedback. Let's go and meet our guest. Here we go. Hello, Kathy. Hello, Anthony. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. Wonderful. Good to see you. You too. <laughs> yes, and welcome to Book Talk. Thank you. Where are you? I am in northern Alabama. So hi, y'all. Hi, That's how you say it. Yeah, it's wonderful. And it's always good to learn uh, some things from different parts of the world. So you teach us that greeting. And is there anything that you are so known for that we don't know? Uh, something else? Oh, for Alabama? Yeah. It is just, it's beautiful here. Uh, in northern Alabama, there's a lot of lakes. And uh, so it's very scenic, very scenic and just a lot, a lot of fun. I love nature. Yes, me too. So I'm sure I'm, I, I will enjoy it if I come here. Yes. So this is a book talk and we like talking about books, uh, writing, also anything that you that has got to do with the words. We love words. So we, we are curious to know, uh, even before we go there, what is it that you do? And when did you start writing? So I am currently CEO of Body Memory Process, and this was this is actually a second career for me. So I the first part of my life was 36 years with the federal government. I worked for the Department of Defense, and I was about 10 years in when I met my husband to be, uh, David Williamson, and David created the Body Memory Process. Mm -hmm. So he and I were together for about 25 years. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, sad to say I lost him. Um, uh, well, going on four years ago now. It, it was in, in late 2019. Sorry for that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, we had a wonderful 25 years together. And during that time, I learned the work very deeply 
Um, I, I helped him with his his book on the work. That was the first book that came out on this work. Okay. And uh, I, I also apprenticed uh, with him working with clients. And so uh, after uh, David passed, I was actually in Hawaii on my last assignment. And I was we were intending that I would retire after that. Um, but when uh, when David passed and I was facing the pandemic and uh, two young children in school, but then they weren't in school and I was working full time, I decided that when the school year was over, it was time to, to retire. So the next year and a half was spent, you know, moving to Alabama, uh, which is where David was actually living when we first met. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's the reason why we're here. We have friends here. And um in early 2021, I, I looked up and uh, and I had been thinking all along, I wanted to do this work myself, but I became very clear that I didn't want this work to just fade away because David had worked with hundreds of clients over, over 30 years and he did it through organizers who would have him go in a certain city. He would talk to a large group. They would sign up to work with him and then he would work with them. But we didn't have the online presence that's really necessary, you know, these days. Mm -hmm. And so for the last couple of years, um, I have been working on establishing an online presence for the work. And the book was, was my most recent effort to be able to explain the work in an interesting way uh, so that anyone who was not familiar at all with it could could understand what it's about and, uh, and and be able to use it to help heal themselves. Mm, wonderful. And that's how the book came to be. You made it up. Now stop believing it. It's got a beautiful cover. The powerful body memory process for childhood vow discovery and release. Yes. And I liked while you have that cover up, I, I would like to just say a couple of words about it. The, uh, the young man has the opportunity to break free, right? There is an opening, uh, as we all have that opportunity. And he is, at the time, still held uh, to the past, right, by these decisions that he made when he was very young. So, mm. yes, it is meant to be some powerful imagery on the cover. Oh, okay. Now we get it. It's a beautiful one. And now, still on the cover, I see that... Uh, the child is in black and white and the man is in color. Tell us about that. Mm -hmm. why, why that? <laughs> well, it, it's interesting because I, 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 um, I don't know about uh, younger people if they've watched The Wizard of Oz. I mean, I, I think about, you know, being in, in black and white and then stepping out into color, you know, the, the whole, the new world that it can be, right? And, mm -hmm. and so the color is, it's more, it's, it's, it's uh, it's present. It's powerful, and the black and white to me represents you know the you know the past and mm -hmm. where we come from. Um, the the it's still it's still there. It's still very much very tangible, but it doesn't have quite the grab as the present moment, which is the power that it's the only time that we have to truly make change for oh, ourselves. One, wonderful. Okay, dive us into it as much as you'd like us to know before we go and get it. Sure. Uh -huh. So again, the, the, the book is all about uh, the body memory process, which I would like to explain first, and then I will explain how I have laid out the book. 
Go ahead. When, when we are, um, you know, very young, before we're even uh, seven years old, we make, make conclusions about ourselves, uh, you know, how I am, how others are, and how the world is. If uh, any of your, um, your viewers are familiar with Dr. Bruce Lipton, he's um, one of the, uh, the, the folks out there who talk about this, uh, about uh, children being pretty much pretty much clean slates. I mean, we, we come here, we have all of our, right? We, we have the brain, we have all the mechanisms, but we need the programs. Think of it as a computer that needs to be programmed. Mm -hmm. And so in those early years, it, with uh, we're surrounded, we have a rather small world. Uh, we have our um, caregivers and we are, are learning, uh, you know, how to get love and how to get our needs met. And uh, we're also not logical before the age of seven, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, give or take, right? but it, that's pretty much when they say that the children can then kind of understand abstract concepts and they can, you know, start to read, you can reason with them more. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, because children are the center of their own world and they're not logical, it's easy for them to jump to conclusions. Mm -hmm. If anyone has read, um, of course, probably many, uh, Deepak Chopra, he, he refers to it as premature cognitive um, uh, conclusions or uh, premature co cognitive um, agreements okay. uh, about, uh, about things. And, and it's, a, it's a jump to conclusion. And it actually exists in the, in the animal world itself. Um, so uh, if you put a divider in a fish tank um, for long enough, when you take it away, the fish that were in one side won't actually swim in the other side. Mm -hmm. uh, if you if you uh, if you chain an, an elephant, you know, right? I don't know if you've heard of the you know the whole idea of the of the chained elephant who you know as baby elephants, but then you don't have to when they're older because they are so conditioned and used to. Well, the chain is there, and now I don't. Well, and in the in the same way, you know, we take this. People can as children can take this data that they're receiving. Now, some of it is trauma. I mean, children are inclined to drama. Mm -hmm. If anyone who's been around children, they hear a lot of always and never. Uh, oh, no, I'll never be able to do that again. Or you'll never play with me again. <laughs> and everything is very dramatic. A lot of this is actually sort of self-induced trauma <laughs> because of all of that. Mm -hmm. And and then we make these conclusions. Uh, I'm not good enough. You know, it's all my fault. Uh, we actually, David and I have a, co uh, a collection of n over 900, what he called vows, um, actually in what's called a body map and where it can show up in the body as uh, pain and tension, which I'll get into a little bit later about how this shows up in our body yeah. and how yeah. we can detect what they are because of that. Mm -hmm. Um, so just really uh, briefly about the creation of this, I'd like to spend a couple of minutes, um, you know, honoring my late husband, uh, David, when uh, he was about 14 years old, had a near death experience. He had double staph pneumonia. The doctors didn't know what to do to save him. And he actually was pronounced dead and then came back oh. after. Um, I think a couple of minutes. And he's, if he were talking to you now, he would say, you know, I came back uh, knowing that I had a purpose. I didn't know what it was at first. Uh, 
But as time went on, it became clear to him because the doctors told him he would never be truly well. They kept saying, you know, you're not going to be well. Uh, you're, you're not going to be able to be active because your lungs were scarred by the disease. Mm. And uh, he just kind of pondered that, like he didn't like the idea. Of course, he he wanted to prove them wrong. And he did. He lived to be in uh, his actually in his early 70s before Whoa. he passed. Whoa. And he lived an extremely active, productive life. Mm -hmm. um, and so when he, you know, when he got out of college and uh, it was around the time of the of the human potential movement. So you're talking about the 70s, 80s, when a lot of books were coming out talking about um, the power of the mind, right? The power of us to create our reality. He just, everything, he attended all the trainings he could. He read very widely. And he pulled together the body memory process based on three core under, you know, sort of, you know, research underpinnings. Mm -hmm. One, I think everybody's familiar with the power of belief. And that's, you know, that's really the paramount thing. We talk about mm -hmm. childhood beliefs. Yeah. The other is the mind-body connection. Uh, those of your readers who might be familiar with Dr. Candace Pert, who wrote Molecules of Emotion, um, back in the 70s, she actually proved the mind-body connection. Um, and that trauma is not actually just a mental phenomenon, it's a physical one. And as of recently, um, there have been, uh, you know, books uh, coming out about about that, like the emotion code. Um, there's a, you know, there's a practice. Um, a lot of people do the work to help people to release the energy of trauma. Mm -hmm. And this body memory process is another piece of that equation that's actually pretty unique. Um, I don't see a lot of people talking about this and this whole aspect of the childhood trauma uh, situation is the is the belief part. Uh, and so it, it, that's what what uh, what this work deals with. The third piece is that children and uh, that babies, um, of course, babies and children are very conscious, again, not logical. But if you think back, even during the, um, the neonatal period, so in the womb at birth, lots of books out there about birth trauma. Um, uh, there's, uh, you know, uh, David Chamberlain uh, did a lot of babies remember birth. A lot of books out there uh, that David read integrated that material into the work. Um, and so, you know, when you're talking about uh, people discovering, okay, what are my beliefs? We're taking into account what was going on with mom uh, when, you know, from the point where she learned she was going to be a mom all the way through when you were in the womb, what happened mm -hmm. to birth and those first seven years of your life. Uh, so the body memory process is really a two prong thing. There's a discovery side and then there is a healing part. There's the discovery part, which is like, OK, you know, it, what what are my, um, you know, the unconscious beliefs that I have? And um, before I go into that real quick, I want to uh, point out that everybody can determine whether they might have unconscious beliefs by just taking a look at your life. Like just take a look across health, finances, relationships, career, what you do in your free time. Are there any sort of bumps in the road? You know, there are there things that you would like to change, things that aren't working well, all the way from a couple of tweaks here, all the way to crisis, right? Um, are there are there behaviors you'd like to change? Maybe habits you've tried to change before and maybe get a little ways and then something keeps derailing you? That's all evidence that mm -hmm. this stuff is going on. 
below the surface, you know, that iceberg that's submerged. Yeah. Um, so the discovery part of the body memory process is really about a whole lot of questions, uh, which which are in the book. Um, and it's uh, th there's an objective and a subjective part of this sort of information gathering piece. Okay. Um, so, the, so the questions help you get to that objective part. Talk to mom. Talk to people maybe who who knew about what was going on during that time period, so that you can get that information. And then there is what's going on in my body. Because again, mm -hmm. like people like Dr. Candace Pert taught us that our body, and she actually is quoted as saying, your body is your subconscious mind. You can, uh, where you hold pain and tension, um, you know, where maybe disease is manifesting. And uh, David actually sort of created a body map um, to show, you know, if this is the vial, this is where it's likely to show up. And mm -hmm. that is something I have on my website that's, I couldn't put in the book, but I was able to put the, the rest of the body memory process work in the book. Um, the other, the, the other side of the work is the healing. So there is a homework process that is outlined in the book. And it is um, about what David called emptying the cup, uh, mentally, spiritually, and physically. So there are exercises there's things to do to mm -hmm. be able to let those old beliefs go so that then you can put in what you want and so the book is structured that way uh, part one is how you made it up part mm -hmm. two is how to stop believing it and part three is about conscious living so the first part of the book is actually a collection of case studies Mm. that are, um, I, I think, pretty interesting to learn how this showed up in these people's lives. What was going on for them? You get to learn about what were their vows? What was the reason for their vows? And how did their life change after they did the body memory process? Mm -hmm. I also have interwoven dialogue with these clients to be able to explain what would otherwise be maybe some dry core concepts that I've touched on a little bit here about how we make it up. And mm -hmm. then I talk about the body map and how to figure out where your pain points are. And then you go into the second part, which explains the entire body memory process. And then in part three, uh, I talk about, okay, you know, now, now you've, you've done the work to let go of the non-working beliefs. Now it's time to create beliefs that work. And I actually end the book by saying, you know, you've made it up in a way that didn't work, do the work to let it go. Now make it up the way that you want and start believing it. <laughs> because, you know, it's the same tool. Yeah. It's just in the hands of a pre-logical child, it, it, it doesn't work well for the adult. You know, maybe it served the child, but mm -hmm. it didn't, it doesn't serve the adult but it's still a tool that you have to create your reality. And it's like, okay, go for it, right? Just to, and I give some pointers in there about how to live consciously uh, to be able to create the relationships you want, to, the, to increase your finances, uh, to make sure that you have you know, great health and mm. have a quality of life across the board. Wonderful, thank you for that uh, summary of the book. It's like, um got the whole of it but then uh, there's so much to get out of there for everyone who's listening or watching 
uh, you haven't had it all because there is so much in there. So you need to go and get the book. Now, looking at the first part that you talk about, and you say that there are case studies. I see several names there, Jenny, Frank, Mary Ann, and Mike. How big is each, each case study? Like, uh, can you give us a glimpse into it? Like, maybe read us the case of Mike, if, if, if you will. Uh, a few sentences, if, not, if oh. it's a big one. <laughs> uh, uh, um, OK, hold on. <laughs> Let's hear about Mike. Yeah. So yeah. in Mike's chapter, he's learning about um, things like birth trauma. Um, let's see. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so Mike stood in front of the cafe watching his identical twin brother, Peter, smugly saunter down the street. In that moment, he wondered why it was always a competition between him and his brother and his brother. Peter had just wished him luck in the 5K race they were both entered to run that coming weekend, adding that he could still drop out if he didn't want to be embarrassed by coming in last with the old ladies. Mike wanted to feel angry at Peter for always putting him down, but he wanted more to feel the close connection that he had read most twins feel. The feelings didn't come easy for Mike, and that perplexed him as much as Peter's competitive nature. And so um, we talk about Mike actually, you know, having a, a, a body memory process session, and he starts to discover uh, what were some of the things that are were making these things um, true uh, for him, and um, he uh, he realizes that you know his brother was um, was always you know sort of competitive, really from the very start. Hmm. And um, so it's like as a child, Mike was often told, uh, don't bother me, then pushed away. Uh, he was also told that he was too loud. And after talking about this for a while, we added in some more vows. I, I won't bother anybody and uh, I am too loud. And so because he was wondering why he was always so more reserved and that yeah. he um, always felt that, you know, he would uh, if he if he he would he would be a bother it would be if he wanted something it would sort of disadvantage you know somebody else and so we find out that he has vows like um uh when i get bigger someone will love me uh, i am the wrong one um, i shouldn't feel anything um, i have to beat him <laughs> um and, and and so beat him as in um <laughs> competitive okay uh, now, going into the second part of uh, how to stop believing it, how would mm -hmm. we help Mike uh, to stop it? I mean, is there something, some, some, some anchors, something that would make me or Mike uh, stop it easily? Because it's not always an easy thing. Uh, many of the things that we've picked and we've been with them for years and years to just stop. Yes. Uh -huh. well well, one, the first thing uh, that once Mike had his set of vows that we discovered in the session, he had a list that he could work with for, for 90 days. So there is, a, there is a process that's explained in the book, what to do for 90 days to be able to retrain the cell because our, our cells, and again, there's a lot of, there's books that talk about uh, the cells holding information that the body is actually sort of an information system. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing is we're, 
you know, those decisions we made are actually sort of encoded in an energy level in our body and we want to change that. And so it's about how long it takes. It, it, it's, it's no coincidence that that's how long it takes to really change a habit, right? You can start to see changes. And even with this work, when people do this process, they can start to see results really within about 12 weeks. Uh, but it's advised that they continue through that 90 day period to make sure that, you know, they have those new cells you know, sort of with new information um, or letting go of the old and then they can put in the new. Uh, and then there's a mental process as well. Um, and then there's there's also a spiritual process that's outlined in the book. Um, the spiritual process is a is one that takes seven days at a time. Uh, and um, the uh, the uh, the mental process is sort of when you're complete with it, mm. and so it really just takes about three months for people to make some really dramatic changes. I mean, I, I have clients who call me and say, "You're not going to believe what happened," uh, because it's when you when you are holding on to this for so long and then you let it go. I mean, things are everything vibrates, right? We all know that it's uh, everything vibrates, thoughts, beliefs. Um, everything in the universe, has, it's called the, the law of vibration. So when you start changing that vibration, you are going to see results in your life. Hmm. Wow. Now, for anybody that may have joined us here as we are going on, we are talking about uh, you made it up. Now stop believing it. That's the powerful body memory process for childhood vow discovery and release by Kathy Son. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We thank you, Kathy, for sharing. Yeah, go ahead, Kathy. Yes, Kathy. I didn't know if you had a couple more minutes. Um, yes, I, we do. I, I did want to mention, uh, if anyone saw that there was a forward by do uh, Dr. John DeGarmo, um, he is a very big um, child advocate. He, is, he and his wife have fostered over 60 children. And uh, he's... Um, as someone who I've been working with and others in the foster care community mm -hmm. to bring this work to foster parents. Uh, and so I wanted to make a point that um, while it isn't a book that maybe children, uh, I mean, maybe certainly teens could probably read it and understand and be able to use the work, maybe younger children, um, you know, not, uh, but parents could certainly read it and work with their children if they're having any issues it would be wonderful <laughs> to be able to catch some of these early. And so we don't have to, to wait and they don't have to wait until they're an adult to be able to, then one day maybe like this isn't working and maybe the school of hard knocks. Uh, parents can really help their children by uh, listening, you know, that you can learn in the book of how, what to watch for and to be able to uh, talk to them and maybe they're, uh, a one uh, a child who bullies others, or maybe they're one who is vulnerable to being bullied. Uh, there's different beliefs behind both of those situations that would be wonderful to be addressed early on. Uh, so I've been uh, uh, working with John and others uh, to to help, especially children in the foster care community, because they are so they are absolutely traumatized by circumstances largely be out of their control. Um, uh, so as I said earlier, I think we we all kind of are traumatized in our childhood for different reasons, a lot of times because of our worldview. Um, but in this community, these are children highly, highly at risk mm -hmm. or illness, a life that doesn't work well. And so it's important to, to get to them you know, early on.
Okay. And now you've been working with clients one-on-one -on -one, and here comes a book that you are sharing with us. So people are going to get the books and uh, clients will still continue working with you. How would you suggest us to do, to go about it? Those people who get the book, do they still continue to reach out to you or they can work with the book only? What do you suggest? Well, the book is actually written um, for the the work to be done really independently. I, I, I think that it's so powerful. I really wanted to get the word out there mm -hmm. and to just really empower people to do this. Uh, now, one thing that would help, and again, I, it was something I couldn't put in the book because <laughs> it's so huge, is this collection of 900 vowels. Uh, you know, that's something that you could reach out to me for um, on my website uh, uh, for purchase um, and uh, I also have courses on my website. Uh, I'm, I'm actually in the process of um, working on a few. I, I'm creating a, a few courses that are very specific toward those who want to work on finances, those who want to work on health, to be able to take this work and apply it to those areas. Um, so yes, uh, you can uh, certainly find more resources by going to my website and you can certainly reach out to me uh, and, and info at bodymemoryprocess.com with any questions or feedback. And if you do read the book, please provide feedback. <laughs> I would love that. Please provide reviews. Wow. On uh, Amazon, uh, you know, yeah, anyway, yeah. I, I really, really would like that. <laughs> yeah. So once again, the website for Kathy is bodymemoryprocess.com. If you need to write to her, it's info at bodymemoryprocess.com dot com so go ahead and know much more about this and also get the book and 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 i think that's about it for this day's for today's book talk with kathy son thank you for coming so kathy we appreciate you. your presence and sharing with us your wonderful book thank you so much it's, it's, thank you for having me here Yes, and we remind every person who's listening, go get the book, go uh, on the website and connect with Kathy. And uh, we wish you all the best in everything that you do. That's Thank it for you. now. I've been your host, Anthony Morori, and together with our guest today, Kathy Son, we're saying keep reading and bye for now. <laughs>